0: FOSS Corporation, LLC. Hello, my Mysterians. This is Terry from Texas, your presenter on Terry's Mysterious Moments. Here we are, the first show of Season 8. I said a few shows ago that not everything mysterious has to be paranormal. Although most things paranormal are mysterious. This is just some of the weirdness that the world gives us. That I'm going to go into tonight on this show. I want to talk about obituaries. As a general subject. Mean obituaries as the focus of our show tonight. Most of you know what an obituary is. Or an obit for short. It's an article about a recently deceased person, and newspapers often publish obituaries as news articles. For instance, when a a famous person dies, there's usually a write-up about it, not just in the obituary section, but maybe on the front page. Although obituaries tend to focus on positive aspects of the subject's life, What they did for work, what they did in their life with family, uh, maybe any military background and and good things they did in the military, or the subject matter that they chose to, to make their life of. It's not always the case, though. According to Nigel Farndale, the obituaries editor for the British paper The Times, he says, Obits should be life-affirming rather than gloomy, but they should also be opinionated, leaving the reader with a strong sense of whether the subject lived a good life or bad, whether they were right or wrong in the handling of their public affairs. An obituary may be published for any local resident upon death. Two types of paid advertisements are related to obituaries. One known as a death notice, usually appears in the Births, Marriages, and Deaths section of the paper and omits most biographical details and may be a legally required public notice under some circumstances. The other type, a paid memorial advertisement, is usually written by family members or friends, perhaps with the assistance from a funeral home. Both types of paid advertisements are usually run as classified ads. The word also applies to the entire program and the part of that program describing the life of the deceased during the funeral or the memorial service, at which point it's given to the attendees. The page heading on the, this little brochure may be obituary or reflections, while the rest is usually the order of the service. Whatever speakers are coming in, whatever prayers are to be said, whatever hymns may be sung, such as that. There are situations which arise at times regarding premature obituaries. A premature obituary of the death of a person who is still alive, Something today's social media and supermarket tabloids make a living at. You've seen the headlines such as Last Tragic Days of an Older or Ill Celebrity, usually printed or posted days, weeks, or even months before that particular celebrity's eventual death. I mean, face it, we all die. The Bible says it is appointed for man once to die, and then comes judgment. You know, death is an inevitable thing for us all. However, these sometimes, these obituaries sometimes may happen due to an unexpected survival of someone who was close to death. Uh, Some people may have had If they're Catholic, they may have had the last rites and then all of a sudden come back out of it, be healed, you know, cured, get well, whatever. Other reasons for such publication might be miscommunication between newspapers, family members, and the funeral home. And it often results in embarrassment for everyone involved. In November of 2020, Radio France Internationale accidentally published about 100 pre-written obituaries for celebrities such as Queen Elizabeth II and Clint Eastwood. The premature publication was blamed on their transition to a new content management system. Irish author Brendan Behan said, there is no such thing as bad publicity, except your own obituary. In this regard, some people seek to have an unsuspecting newspaper editor publish a premature death notice or obituary as a malicious hoax, perhaps to gain revenge on the deceased who is not deceased. To that end, nearly all newspapers now have policies requiring that death notices come from a reliable source, such as a funeral home. Though even this has not stopped some pranksters, such as Alan Abel, whom I will be profiling at a later date. Pre-written obituaries are created when the deceased person was very well known. The notice is sometimes written in an unconventional manner. They they miss certain points of the person's life in order to be put in later. Media outlets have pre-written obituaries available in case a famous person dies and they usually only have to include the date, location, and manner, if disclosed, of death. These are also known as advance obituaries. The Los Angeles Times obituary of Elizabeth Taylor, for example, was written in 1999 after three months of research, then was often updated before the actress's actual 2011 death. Quite often, the pre-written obituary subject outlives its author. One example is the New York Times obituary of Taylor, written by the newspaper's theater critic Mel Glasso, who died in 2005. The 2023 obituary of Henry Kissinger, featured reporting by Michael T. Kaufman, who died almost 14 years earlier in 2010. Writing in 2021, Paul Farhi of the Washington Post observed that while once a sleepy corner of journalism, publications in the internet age have invested more resources in preparing advance obituaries for rapid publication online in order to meet widespread public interests. Obituaries can attract millions of readers online within days of their subject's death. The New York Times maintains a deep reservoir of advanced obituaries, estimated to stand at roughly 1,850 as of 2021. The paper often interviews notables specifically for their obituaries, a practice begun by Alden Whitman in 1966. As of 2021, The Washington Post has about 900 advanced obituaries on file. An entertainment publication, The Hollywood Reporter, has prepared 800 advances for notable figures in the film and television industry. An advanced obituary is usually not written until the subject has reached old age. As the earlier a profile is written, the more additions and revisions it will likely require. Former New York Times obituary writer Margalit Fox, I hope I said that right, wrote that, as a generic rule, when lives are long enough, accomplished enough, and complex enough that we would just as soon not get caught short writing them on deadline, advances are assigned. Consequently, many public figures who die unexpectedly or prematurely will have no obituary available at a given publication, and journalists will be left to research and write lengthy articles on short notice. However, Farhi noted that advance obituaries of younger people will occasionally be prepared if they're known to have health problems or, quote, chaotic lives, unquote. And I took that to mean that they have problems with substance abuse. And other problematic things like that. The Washington Post had an advanced obituary for singer Amy Winehouse, whose struggles with substance abuse were widely chronicled before her death at age 27. In another case, Nigel Farndale said that in April 2020, when news broke that then-British Prime Minister Boris Johnson was in an intensive care unit with COVID-19, during the pandemic, he was under considerable pressure to quickly prepare an obituary that could be immediately published if Johnson died from the disease. Stuff like that happens. Still, for particularly major figures, advance obituaries may be drafted early in their lives and revised constantly throughout the following years or decades. Bill McDonald obituaries editor for the New York Times, estimated in 2016 that Fidel Castro's obituary, quote, cost us more man and woman hours over the years than any piece we've ever run, unquote. Work on his obituary began in 1959. Perhaps they were thinking that maybe somebody would do away with Mr. Castro. And it went through many subsequent iterations. Well into the 21st century, the visual layout for the obituary was substantially modified to match changes in the paper's page size, and a presentation for its digital edition cycled through different slideshow and video formats to match advances in internet download speeds. The newspaper began drafting an obituary for Queen Elizabeth II when she was still the heir apparent, and that it was rewritten in its entirety, multiple times until her death in 2022. Obituaries are a notable feature of The Economist, which is a British magazine-styled weekly, which publishes one full-page obituary per week, reflecting on the subject's life and influence on world history. Past subjects have ranged from Ray Charles to Uday Hussein to George Floyd. The Times and the Daily Telegraph publish anthologies of obituaries under a common theme, such as military obituaries, sports obituaries, heroes and adventurers, entertainers, rogues, eccentric lives, etc. Good way to do it. However, the decisions we make every day. Determine the ways in which we'll be remembered. No one is perfect, but there are some people who make it very difficult to love them. Thus, not all obituaries are sweet and kind. For some who wish to memorialize their loved ones, the phrase, don't speak ill of the dead, doesn't cross their minds. When someone is remembered more for their bad deeds and characteristics than their good ones, though, Sometimes their survivor remembers them with a mean obituary. When it comes to memorializing the dead, surviving family members are likely to be complimentary, even when their relationship with the deceased person was strained. However, the following five families could not bring themselves to gloss over unhappy family dynamics. The most recent mean obituary to go viral tells the story of one Kathleen Dimlow Her children wrote this blistering obituary and it begins like many others. At first, it seems like a typical newspaper death notice. It goes on to say she married Dennis Dimlow in 1957 and had two children, Gina and Jay. But then it turns a corner and goes into darker territory when it becomes clear that the deceased woman had become pregnant by her husband's brother, Lyle Dimlow, and moved to California. Written by her children, the obituary turns from a simple accounting of a life to a brutally honest description of a family that was torn apart by an affair. Unfortunately, the bad blood did not end with the death of the Dimlow matriarch. As the obituary ends, she will not be missed by Gina and Jay and they understand that this world is a better place without her. The short and sweet notice leaves no question about the mark that Kathleen Dimlo left on her children and forms part of her permanent legacy. That's just, that's tough. This second story is about as famous as an internet story can get. It's been around for a while. I've, I've, Listened to it several times, presented by a radio program, I believe out of Dallas, and it's, it has become apparently the template for all other mean obits, and it's a classic. It has been on the internet for years, like I said, and I initially heard it there, and have been a fan of it ever since, if you can be a fan of something like this. It sounds so positively fake but it has been verified by the newspaper that initially ran it. Obituaries haven't always been complimentary, but obituaries archived online have only become a common practice in the last 15 years or so. This obituary has even been plagiarized and used as a template, like I said, for other mean obituaries years later. In the summer of 2008, Dolores Aguilar passed away, and was immortalized not for her good deeds and kindness, but for the pain she inflicted on her family. Now this is quoted in part. Her family will remember Dolores, and amongst ourselves, we will remember her in our own way, which were mostly sad and troubling times throughout the years. We may have some fond memories of her, and perhaps we will think of those times too, but I truly believe at the end of the day, all of us will really only miss what we never had, a good and kind mother, grandmother, and great-grandmother. I hope she is finally at peace with herself. As for the rest of us left behind, I hope this is the beginning of a time of healing and learning to be a family again. Well. That sounds like one hated and hateful woman. As I've heard somebody comment on that particular obituary, even Hitler had a kinder obituary. The third story is that most brutally honest obituaries found online begin with civility and then descend into the story of a flawed human who is survived by relatives who resent them. This is not the case in the obituary of Leslie Ray Charping, whose family comes right out with it in the very first line. Leslie Ray Popeye Charping was born in Galveston, Texas on November 20th, 1942, and passed away January 30th, 2017, which was 29 years longer than expected and much longer than he deserved. Wow. It goes on to explain that the patriarch was an abusive man who hurt his family time and time again. Leslie was surprisingly intelligent. However, he lacked ambition and motivation to do anything more than being reckless, wasteful, squandering the family savings and fantasizing about get-rich-quick schemes. Leslie's hobbies included being abusive to his family, expediting trips to heaven for the beloved family pets and fishing, which he was less skilled with than the previously mentioned. Leslie's life served no other obvious purpose. He did not contribute to society or serve his community, and he possessed no redeeming qualities besides quick-witted sarcasm, which was amusing during his sober days. The story of Leslie Ray Charping is a cautionary tale. If you don't live well, you won't be remembered well. The people closest to you in life are likely to be the ones responsible for your permanent memorialization. Though mean obituaries are rare, treating others with kindness is the only way to guarantee you will be remembered kindly. The fourth story. Those who have been scathingly remembered with a mean obituary share one common factor. Their children are usually the writers seeking a revenge. This was also the case with the obituary of Mary Ann Teresa Johnson Reddick. She passed away in August of 2013, leaving behind six children who had no pleasant memories of the mother who raised them. Quoting the obit, she is survived by six of her eight children whom she spent her lifetime torturing in every way possible. While she neglected and abused her small children, she refused to allow anyone else to care or show compassion towards them. When they became adults, she stalked and tortured anyone who they dared to love. Everyone she met, adult or child, was tortured by her cruelty and exposure to violence, criminal activity, vulgarity, and hatred of the gentle or kind human spirit. Though it may be difficult for some to understand such a contentious relationship of mother to children, these dynamics in families aren't unheard of. When an abusive parent passes away, the grief for their surviving children is painful and complicated. It's not surprising that bad blood sometimes seeps into the life story. The next one was pulled and rewritten as it was claimed to be a false representation of this person. Number five, the year before the death of Kathleen Demlow, the death of Gainesville resident Cornelia June Rogers Miller caused some major family drama when a member of the Miller family placed a brazen, controversial version of her life story in the Cherokee Scout. The obituary claimed that she, quote, died alone after a long battle with drug addiction and depression, and details details the life of a person who, quote, had no hobbies, made no contribution to society, and rarely shared a kind word or deed in her life. What's different about this mean obituary is that it was hotly contested by family members with her two sons claiming that the mother was the victim of a nefarious sister with a grudge against her mother. It was found that many of the lines in this obituary were lifted from the obituary of Dolores Aguilar. The plagiarized obit included same and similar lines, including, there will be no service and no closure for the family. She spent a lifetime tearing apart. The family of Cornelia June Rogers Miller have corrected the story in the Cherokee Scout. There's a meme out there which basically says, be nice to your kids because they'll decide which rest home you go to. After this, I'd alter it to, be nice to your family because they'll write your obituary. Well, that's what I have for this week. And I told you it was going to be weird. Uh, this is about as off the wall as I care to get because it, it just it hit me when I read the story. I hope you enjoyed it, even though it is weird and somewhat sad. Be back with us next time for Terry's Mysterious Moments. And again, thanks for being here. Thanks for coming along on the ride. Y'all have a good week and be safe, be careful, and take care. Bye-bye.